if you are feeling fatigued, tired of feeling like you don't have any energy feeling, and that's bleeding into feeling unmotivated to exercise and do the things you need to help your joint pain. This is the podcast episode or the YouTube video I want you to watch. I'm so excited for this interview because we haven't yet had an episode talking specifically about fatigue, but I know that it impacts quite a few of you, especially if you're dealing with chronic pain, you're in this high stress situation all the time. So we are going to talk today about what are some causes of that fatigue? Why are you feeling like you have no energy, but also how you can tap into your hidden energy reserves, which I saw on your website. Um, So I am here with Dr. Uh, Joel Rosen, who is going to, who he's an expert on helping people through fatigue and helping people, helping pull out some of that energy so that you feel better and can perform better just and enjoy daily life. You're listening to the Adventuring with Osteoarthritis podcast. Do you want to learn how to live an active life with osteoarthritis? Hear inspiring stories from others just like you and find out the best ways to naturally tackle joint pain. This podcast has you covered. There are so many possibilities that your healthcare provider may not be telling you about and surgery isn't always the answer. This podcast is not medical advice. Now, here's your host, doctor of physical therapy and osteoarthritis specialist, Alyssa Kewen. So if you want to give us a little bit of introduction about you and kind of how you got here, and then we'll go into what causes fatigue, and then we'll go into some tips and tricks on how to navigate around that. Sure. So I'll try to say it as succinctly as I can, Alyssa. What happened originally was I injured my own back and I was just graduated with an exercise physiology degree and I was told to go get surgery and my trip my traditionally trained doctor family background were on board for that except I wasn't so I I researched and I had exercise in my background and I was a trainer at the time and I was introduced to a chiropractor and that was an epiphany and fast forward many years forward, I then dedicated myself to helping people in the same position. However, in the process of doing that, I was exhausted and burnt out from debt and late night studying and caffeine and the stress of deadlines and all of the, my wife was pregnant with twins. And so what I really noticed was, why are some of my patients that I work with, that I do very similar decompression procedures to help their spine naturally get better and why do some of them don't when it's the very similar procedure and i went into the what we call the metabolic part of it which is what's going on with their energy in their body and how are they using their food to be able to make the energy and are there any smoke signals so that's what i do now is i have kind of transitioned away from the mechanical hands-on work with people and really focus in on what's going on when we say metabolically, what are they doing to convert the food they eat and the air they breathe into energy? And if they're not doing an effective job of that, they're creating exhaust and inflammation. And I'm sure your listeners will understand with degenerative joint disease and autoimmunities or arthritides that are inflammatory. It's all based on inflammation. So what we do is we teach people how to 
breathe cleaner, if you will, or make energy cleaner. And with that, pain and inflammation and joint mobility and I guess lubrication sort of follows suit, if that's a long-winded, short sort of answer, if I can give you. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And I think a lot of times, especially when people are just constantly in pain or constantly having to worry about pain, constantly having to expend all of this extra energy that people just feel drained. But then in order to find relief from chronic pain, you have to be able to, you know, watch what you're eating, you have to be able to move in certain ways. And when you don't have any energy, when you're draining that already, it makes it 10 times harder. And so I want to just talk first about what are some of the main causes of fatigue that you typically see in the patients that you're working with? Yeah, I mean, it's, so the people that I work with are are really the the I, don't, I hate to say, I say this in a loving way more of the train wrecks of the presentation of their problem because they've been to a lot of different doctors and they're not getting answers so now they're looking outside of the traditional square if you will and so with that being said typically what I find is a whole combination of stressors whether it's the demands from life and their own health and their pain, their loved ones, their community, what's happened in the last couple of years, social media, um, finances, how toxic the environment is, and food not being dense with good minerals in the soils. So I think it's really hits, it's the same thing for those that aren't as train wreckish, but it's that they... Um, the train wrecks get more impacted by it. And when I say train wrecks, I mean, they have so much wear and tear on their body, whether it's physical, emotional, uh, mental, but they also have the perfect storm of their body falling apart when those things happen over time. So I think it's a cumulative effect to answer your question. And um, I think on technology and, and the internet and 24 hours uh, of being able to constantly be stimulated. I think it's just our body is overwhelmed with stimuli and underwhelmed with the ability to handle all of that. Yes, I can definitely see that. I mean, we're just on constant overload of all kinds of different things between like all of these food choices and spending more time sitting because there's also an abundance of things like on Netflix and there's all kinds of stuff around us. And it's really starting to kind of get into and see what exactly is driving up your pain because it's not or causing fatigue. It's not necessarily the things that most doctors look at. When someone goes in for knee pain, they take an x-ray of the knee and that's kind of look at their weight and that's kind of it. But as far as all of these other things are concerned, I mean, there are so many things that impact inflammation, impact pain, impact fatigue, but they don't typically get unpacked, which is why I'm sure you're seeing a lot of people who don't have answers because no one's ever really sat down and said, oh, how are your relationships? Or, you know, are you dealing with a lot of stress, et cetera? And I just want to, before we talk about some of the things to help fatigue, can you give us a little insight on maybe one patient that you've had who's had a profound impact and now has been able to restore energy and just regain confidence? Can you just kind of walk us through a patient story? Sure. Um, so many of them that I have to kind of... <laughs> 
figure out who kind of comes to mind, but it was probably when I was doing more structural decompression with a pretty expensive decompression table. And it got to that point where this person was, had been everywhere and they were giving this their last try. And I, it was me just getting into the metabolic side of things and asking them, is it okay if I look at their blood work? And they were surprised by that. Like, what, what do you, I'm here for, for decompression for my spine. I said, okay, well, let's look at your blood work. And I think there were some major outliers, like um, their, their blood sugar was completely elevated and they were um, almost what they call pre-diabetic. Um, their cholesterol levels were, were really high. And then typically like what I find is white blood cell levels will be either really high or really low. And that can be indicative of an immune stress. So I asked him, have you been getting sick a lot lately? And he was open to it because I was not really uh, charging him, if you will, for my time for that. It was for the other stuff. And I, while he does feel that the machine was the thing that made him better, and perhaps it would have been a standalone really help all for him. I, I think that the energy that came from it. So it's not only do we want to get out of pain, but what does the, the, that bring you, that brings you the ability to do this, that, and the other. And I think getting him dialed in on stabilizing his blood glucose, and it's not rocket science stuff, Alyssa, it's more common sense stuff, but being aware of these numbers and, and changing up the diet and being more active, it's sort of a catch 22. Like if you don't have, if you have pain, how do you be more active? Um, but at the same time, you can't wait to get out of pain to be more active to us. There's a fine line. So that kind of sticks out in my memory is he wasn't coming for that. And we went into a lot of the metabolic things that were smoke signals that he didn't really relate to his back pain. And I think the think of it as the analogy I would use is, is that you have this fire located in your joints or in the facets or the discs or the lubrication, the synovial fluid. But if your body has other fires brewing in other places, it's a cumulative effect that gets registered by your brain and it makes the localized uh, region um, exaggerated. And it makes you feel like everything's got to be reliant on that. So I think that probably is a good example of uh, of sort of bringing in the the whole, we call it integrative approach. And I think that's interesting because a lot of times and just over the years, as far as being a reactive healthcare system, I mean, a lot of times I feel like we're on, people are led to believe pain is just from physical things. It's just from mechanical things in getting into some of these other things about looking at blood sugar, looking at how the foods you're eating can impact your pain and can impact how you're feeling and impact energy levels. And all of these things get so diluted. And a lot of times people are just searching, oh, you know, I did this one movement the other day, that might be why I'm in pain versus, oh, I ate this, that and the other and oh, I'm dealing with some family stress, etc. I find that people are always kind of quick to 
search for the physical thing, search for the certain and movement gets blamed a lot. Um, search for that one thing that, oh, I ran X amount one time. So that's probably why I'm in pain. Not these fires that have been accumulating, like you were just saying, which I think right. is a really important way to look at things. I know that it might seem if you're listening that it's overwhelming. Okay, where do I start? What do I do? Is there maybe one thing or maybe a couple questions to ask yourself as the listener to maybe hone in on what may be their primary driver? Yeah, I mean, so it, it does fit for more of my exhausted and burnt out people. But when there's a pain component, I still feel it it fits. And it really yeah. comes down to the circadian rhythm, right? And and aligning your circadian rhythm um, so that it's, I call it calibrated to the earth circadian rhythm. And that's really your 24 hour clock in your body. And it regulates every system. And I say cell, tissue, organ in the body to function in, in a calibrated way. And if you're going to bed later or you're not getting exposed to sunlight during the day or too much blue lights at night, uh, then that will are eating at different times when we were meant to be sleeping and, and we're eating. Um, getting all of those calibrated is really key to be able to help with, I call it the foundations. Like you can, you can, you got to do those foundational things first. So I would say that'd probably be the first thing. And then also the second thing is really move it or lose it. You, you know, I think that it is a problem when you're in pain to really move but I'm kind of hard, like if it was my uncle and say, like, look, you got a that loving but kind, I won't say a pest, but a little bit of a nudge in the right direction. Like the more you move and I'm not telling you to go to the gym or or start a CrossFit program, but just be more active and get outside of the house and move and circulating and mobilizing and just endorphins. I think movement and circadian rhythm would be the two things that I would really put emphasis before anything else. And of course I agree as a physical therapist, I am totally biased towards movement. Um, but I think the circadian rhythm one is interesting and there's been a lot of research and things and a lot of people out there saying, you know, how much sleep is important, but actually thinking as it more on like a 24 hour aspect of how are you spending those 24 hours? And I think the sunlight in the morning is interesting as well. Um, and I've seen some recent stuff about that, which is, which is interesting. Um, so I just think that a couple of these things, I mean, they sound simple, simple doesn't always mean easy, but taking a step in the right direction of looking, okay, how is your sleep? How are you cycled up? Are you eating really late? Are you eating, you know, maybe super early, and then also movement is obviously an important part. I know that a lot of times when people are in pain, when you're feeling exhausted, when you don't feel like doing anything, I think a lot of people get tied up in the fact that I have to do a 60 minute workout or I have to work out for a certain time in order to get a benefit, but really just kind of spreading things out throughout the day of a minute here, a minute there, a couple minutes here can really start to add up. And I think that that's, an important aspect to look at because it makes it seem much more achievable. 
And that's what I hear from a lot of people, especially like from reels where you can put a couple of movements in. Oh, it makes it seem so simple that, oh, I can just do this, you know, rather quickly and still start to see some benefits. So I think those two things, if you're listening or watching, if you just take a step back and think about how you're spending your 24 hours, what that typically looks like for you, and then figure out from there what maybe needs to change. And I want to just talk about a couple of other things that you find helps most people, whether you're feeling exhausted, whether you do have a pain component, how to kind of unlock some of that energy and how to wake up feeling more energized aside from the two things we just mentioned. Well, I mean, it comes to diet is obviously very important. And when I say diet, I don't mean you're going on a restricted calorie, but what are the what are the foods that you're eating? And you obviously have probably talked about it in terms of hydrogenated vegetable oils and the omega three to omega six ratio and how that can be pro-inflammatory. So basically in English, meaning if you're not getting a lot of, uh, I guess, plant based um, uh, essential fatty acids, because we need them in our in our body. And you're eating on the go, because you're just time pressed to get things done. And you're that's going to really put fire on the or oil on the fire, if you will. So I think that has to be stated. And it's we're not perfect. Uh, but if we can really get food that resembles uh, what your grandma would recognize as real food, right? She wouldn't know these other things that are packaged and, and I mean, microwaved and in a, in a vending machine. And so a little hinges swing big doors when you're reaching for a snack, get a hand uh, full of nuts or seeds or really get plant-based foods, not going too crazy on our proteins because that could put a lot of stress on our bodies. So that would be one of them. And of course it comes down to, um, nutrition in terms of supplements too. So typically anti-inflammatories, I'm not of the lots of high dosing fish oils it, from the lot of the research that I've done in the sense that parent essential oils, um, both three and six are important. And it's really in, what happens is because I just said a lot of the foods that we get are fast food and, and, and processed, it has a high six to three ratio. Um, but that doesn't mean you six isn't important. You need to get it from plant based foods that have good healthy. So things like coconuts, avocados, um, pumpkin seeds, stuff like hemp, hemp seeds, stuff like that. Those can be really helpful in terms of uh, uh, decreasing that whole inflammatory pathway that I think we superdose too much of our omega threes with. Um, so those are important. Then what's really coming out are the, the things that turn on your antioxidant response elements, because at the end of the day, if you're inflamed, you want to use antioxidant supporting nutrients to reduce that inflammation. And that's things that you've probably heard about, but maybe not. One of the best ones is sulforaphane. Sulforaphane is broccoli sprout extract, which is really, really great. You might have heard of turmeric or resveratrol. Those are really good anti-inflammatory nutrients too. So I think if you're combining lifestyle, circadian rhythm, movement, um, the, the food choices that we're eating. And then the last one I would really say is um, harnessing the release of a, a very important chemical in the body called 
oxytocin. And you may have heard of oxytocin. Um, oxytocin is is the hug drug. And when we feel like we're in a, it, whether it's intimate relationships, or it's just meaningful relationships, or being in contact, whether directly or indirectly, but also doing things that are purposeful and meaningful and contributing back to other people, hugging your pet. There are so many different ways for you to release oxytocin. And oxytocin is the natural pain blocker in our body. So I think that has to be stated in our conversation. Yeah, that's very interesting. Um, I know that a lot of the things like food being important definitely is something that we've talked about before, but definitely in a different approach though. And I think that's, what's interesting is that there's all these different perspectives and it's, you know, what clicks best with you that you're listening, you're watching what clicks best with you. What do you find like, Oh, that seems interesting or, Oh, maybe I should try that. Um, and talking about some of the supplements and things, we talk a lot about turmeric, um, but the omega-3, omega-6 ratio is interesting because a lot of people do talk about omega-3s and not a lot of people talk about omega-6s aside from that they're in a lot of fatty fried foods, et cetera. Right. Um, right. And of course, just working and movement and sleep. And if you just kind of like we were just talking about, just sit back for a second and think about maybe, maybe you don't have as many meaningful relationships as you should, or you don't reach out to people enough, or you don't, I don't know, prioritize those relationships enough. That can be really powerful. And with the oxytocin and things. So it's really just kind of looking back and saying, okay, what is maybe one of the primary drivers why I'm feeling exhausted, why I'm feeling in pain all of the time. And if we just get outside of the box of just everything being physical, everything being mechanical and start to just bring an open mind to, okay, what are some other things that could be contributing to my tiredness, my lack of motivation, my you know unwillingness to do things? What is standing in your way? And then we start to attack that just one by one. It doesn't have to be everything at once. And so do you have any final words for somebody who's listening right now, feeling tired, feeling unmotivated, just feeling exhausted and in pain? What is one the parting words that you would leave with them? Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's the intangibles of sort of fire ready aim. And what I mean by that is we always re- wait for whatever to happen before we do something, or we tend to have that, like when I feel less pain, I'll do this. Or when I have more energy, I'll do this. Or when I get more money, I'll buy this. And I think that that's set up for not necessarily crossing that chasm. A lot of the times what you need to do is fake it till you make it, obviously within reason. Um, But doing it in terms of fire ready aim you're you're starting to do that process and really i think the the word the words i'm looking for is embracing what it is that you want as if it's already there and and really feeling that gratitude and the celebration and fooling yourself like i'm celebrating like and we don't do that enough i'm celebrating the fact that i got off the couch today and i actually went to the end of the block Maybe you didn't go back to the level of activity you've done 20 years ago, but by you focusing on this sucks, I'm in pain, I can't do it, you're going to get more of that. 
Whereas when you're focusing on doing more of celebrating the small little things, no matter how small they are, that's one strategy. And then the other strategy of the gratitude is uh, grateful for the things that haven't happened yet. Like I'm so grateful that I'm no longer in pain. I'm so grateful that I can do the things that I used to be able to do. I'm so grateful because then your body will start to magically embrace that in a woo-woo kind of way. I think that's really important that just basically don't wait for everything to be perfect before you do it and really manifest it with your with your activities, your thoughts, your behaviors. And don't forget to celebrate because our body gets reinforced by that emotion and energy. And I, I'm all about small wins. <laughs> and especially when you're dealing with chronic pain and dealing with these things, for years, such as lack of energy, fatigue, it can seem like you're just in an area of plateau. When actually, if you sit down and think about it, it's okay, maybe I did actually walk a little further. I walked a couple minutes longer than I usually do or something like that, where you wouldn't necessarily say, hey, you know, I'm making significant progress, but it's these small wins that carry you forward. Actually, I am making progress, although it's slow. Nothing's ever as fast as we want it to be, but... These are so meaningful in your journey just to keep you going. Hey, I accomplished this. Like, what can I accomplish next? And it starts to snowball into these more significant impacts. Um, I just want to say thank you so much for joining us. And if people want to know more about how to attack fatigue, how to regain more energy, where can they find you? Yeah, great. Thank you. So I have my my own site. It's D-R-J-O-E-L-R-O-S-E-N. So Dr. Joel Rosen okay. and then dot com. And then there's another one called The Truth About Adrenal Fatigue, because that's really what I suffered with exhaustion and burnout. And there's this whole misunderstanding about what it is. And but I have that website as well. So I appreciate that for sure. Thank you. Absolutely. And I'll put those down in the show notes if you're on YouTube and in the description if you're listening on the podcast. And I just want to say thank you so much for spending the time with us. And I hope that if you listened or watched, you found this enlightening. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Adventuring with Osteoarthritis podcast. If this podcast has brought you hope and inspiration, make sure to hit the subscribe button and leave a review. Also, if you're looking for more information on how to start your own arthritis adventure, head to www.keeptheadventurealive.com or follow me on YouTube by searching Alyssa Arthritis Adventure. That's A-L-Y-S-S-A Arthritis Adventure. We'll see you next time.